All right. With that, I'm going to ask my lovely wife to come. She's bringing the word this morning. And uh, God has just been pouring many, many things into her over the, over the course of the last year. And uh, I think this is just a, just a small smattering of, of what's been pressed down. And, and, and God is just, this is the, some of the overflow, amen? So I know you're going to be blessed, so please welcome Morning. It's nice to see everybody. It's good to be back. This is my first Sunday back. Wow. 2021. Hallelujah. I was just a little bit under the weather last week. When I got out of bed and started walking around the house and the room was spinning, I figured I should probably stay home. (laughs) And, uh, even though Pastor Fred and I were still hacking a little bit on stage, we were hacking a lot more last week, so we we spared you some uh, agony. <laughs> so I thank everybody for your prayers and your concern and all the texts that I received. And it's just, uh, it's been really good. God is our healer. He's our deliverer. And any other thing that we need and every other thing and every other name in between. Amen? Yeah. Uh, before we get started, there's just a, a couple things I want to point out to you in terms of a prayer request. Uh, there are several families within our congregation that are experiencing the crud. <laughs> However you want to label it, There's it's just junk and it's sickness and it needs to go in the name of Jesus. So we... Uh, pray with me right now. Father, we just lift up to you the Mackies, the Matlins, um, the Potridges, and anybody else that is ill. Um, Also send your healing touch to baby Lucy Clawson in the name of Jesus. Touch everybody's bodies. Fill them to overflowing with your Holy Spirit and your healing virtue in Jesus' name. Father, you are the God of healing. And you are everything that we need. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Two other quick prayer requests. Um, One is for our daughter Alyssa. Tomorrow she heads out to Camp Bullis for three weeks. It's kind of like uh, she's still in her security forces training. But this is more kind of like the hands-on tactical side of learning her job. And so she's going to be out there for three weeks. Um, She leaves tomorrow. She's still in Texas, but um, it's off base from Rockland where she has been. And uh, it's a little bit more remote. We, We might not have a great cell service to chat with her, but we know that this is kind of like the final piece before she graduates tech school and then moves on to her first duty station. So if you could keep Alyssa in your prayers, that would be great. Um, Also, Hannah, hey, Hannah. Good morning, Alyssa, too. Um, (laughs) Hannah, our daughter, she did make it back to California. She uh, starts back to school tomorrow as well at BCA. And uh, 
if you didn't have a chance to chat with Hannah about some of the craziness going out in California in terms of things changing every day, um, you just need an extra dose of grace, let's just say, to be in that state. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So prayers for Hannah and all her housemates and everybody going back to BSSM and BCA. Blessings on them. and We just thank you, all of you, for how you take care of our family. You lift us up and you watch out for us and all these good things. So. Ha, ha, ha. So God is good. All the time, God is good. Thank you so much. Hmm. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this day, for this time, what you're doing in our lives, Lord. What you're doing in this place and in our hearts, God. (laughs) and everything that's come across our path today. You are a purposeful, intentional God, and you have well-thought-out plans and ideas for us. And I pray, Father, that as the word goes forth today, may it be a blessing to those who hear it. May it be received with open minds and open hearts. Father, for those who are watching at home, I pray that you would invade their space in the name of Jesus. Father, you transcend time and space. So the same Holy Spirit that we're experiencing in a heavy, mighty, powerful way right now is going out across the airwaves in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for your anointing. Thank you, God, for your grace. And I just pray that you would bless this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) So believe it or not, Miss Jen, not even knowing a word of what I was going to preach about, the title of my sermon is Keys to Moving Forward. She already gave you the scripture, the exact scripture that I'm going to be using. No, no, no. Don't apologize at all. No, this is his confirmation that this is what I was supposed to do. Don't apologize because you know what? You need to hear it again. Okay? There are things that God does that you need to hear again and again. You've probably heard it several times of in his word where it says do not fear do not fear have courage be courageous all those kind of things there's a reason that God repeats himself is so you get it it has to be ingrained in your heart in your spirit we are spirit we connect with God he is spirit okay and so there's certain things that he wants each of us to remember. So it just blows my mind that he would give you kind of like a taste of what's going on today, amen? So I'm going to be reading out of the book of Exodus. 
chapter 14, starting in verse 10. And um, as you turn to that spot in your Bible, excuse me, or get that reference upon your Bible app or wherever it's going, I'm just going to give you a, a little bit of a recap of uh, what's going on. So, in this Exodus chapter, there's a backdrop, and that is that Israel has been released from Egypt and God is leading them. And as the Israelites are being led for Egypt from Egypt, God specifically decides he's not going to have them pass through the land of the Philistines. That's later. (laughs) But right after being released from Egypt, God decides, I'm not going to pass them through the land of the Philistines because I don't want them to get freaked out. And there might be an idea or they might get scared of war or something. And they'll just want to go right back to Egypt. All right? So he doesn't want to leave the Israelites open to the idea of running back to Egypt. So God purposely leads them to the edge of the Red Sea. How cool is that? So Pharaoh and his leaders then have decided that it was a bad idea to let the Hebrews go. And so he begins to pursue after them with his armies. That's where Exodus in chapter 14, verse 10 Verse 16. Here we go. As Pharaoh approached, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were coming after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone, so that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness! Exclamation point. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will perform for you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you will never see them again, ever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and reach out with your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. Hallelujah. 
So as the story continues, the Israelites do cross over the Red Sea on dry land. And the Egyptians continue to pursue them into the Red Sea. So the Egyptians went after them also initially on dry land. But the idea was that once the, all the Israelites crossed over safely, Moses put down his staff and Pharaoh and his armies were swallowed up by all the water and they were utterly destroyed. Now, that is such an awesome story. I don't even know if you can, I hope that you could use your imagination to even remotely get an idea of what that was like. Cascades of water coming down and literally obliterating your enemy. That is our God. That is the God of the Hebrews, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, all that stuff. And he is our God today. So he can and will totally obliterate your enemy, whatever that is. So it's just a great story. But the key verse here is verse 15, where it says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. And this is not a word just for the sons of Israel. It's a word for each one of you in this room right now. Each one of our church body members. It's a word for you right now. So this is what the Lord is saying to you. Tell the Mackies to move forward. Tell the Snyders to move forward. Tell the Lloyds, move forward. Davies, times two, households here, move forward. Montgomery's, move forward. Whitmer's, move forward. Days, move forward. Hotridges, move forward. Matlins, move forward. Garcias, move forward. Laura, Move forward. Linda, move forward. Rita, Nifa, move forward. Jerry, move forward. Now, if I've missed you, please forgive me. Just move forward. <laughs> God is on the move. And if we are like our God, we are going to be moving too. Amen? So the word of the Lord right now. Go forward. Move forward. Now, I know this next uh, statement I'm going to make is not rocket science, but there's a lot of truth here. Okay? For something to happen, no matter what it is, a choice needs to be made by you to move. For something to happen, no matter what it is, a choice needs to be made by you to move. If you don't move, nothing will happen. If you are content with things remaining safe and the same, don't move. 
But if you desire what God has for each of you on the other side of your Red Sea, whatever it is, you have to step out in faith. You have to step out in faith, in trust, in obedience to what God may be asking of you. It may be absolutely terrifying, and I totally get it. But I can guarantee you that if God is in it, if Papa is in it, it's going to be better than you ever dreamed. If God is asking you to do it, it's going to be way better than you could even imagine. So don't be afraid. I know that's probably at times easier for me to say than for it to be a, uh, for it to be done or the word I was using, thinking was executed, but however you understand that. So, you might be asking yourselves, <laughs> well, Pastor, Fr- uh, Pastor Fred, ah, I am Pastor Fred, no, Pastor Michelle, it's me, I don't know how to move forward. <laughs> and let me just say this, Papa God is not surprised by that question. And so what I want to share with you are some keys that he's given me, some strategy of how to move forward. Amen? So he's given me five things. All right? And the first thing is, is that in order to move forward, you need to have hope and vision for the future. Hope and vision are key. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Paul reminds us, Brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Or behead. That's funny. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I have a question. How many of us are so focused on our vision that never turned out well in our past that we are missing what is going on in the present? How many of us are so disappointed in what didn't work out in the past that we're missing what's going on right now? Our present is what actually sets the stage for our future. I know often I have a prayer that I ask God, help me to be present where I'm at right now. Not to be overly worried about things that are in the past, not to be overly concerned about what's going to happen in the future. But help me to be present right now. 
I have news for you. Your past is gone. It cannot be changed. Lamenting it, overanalyzing it, regretting it, replaying it over and over and over serves absolutely no purpose. Other than the enemy's purpose to keep you stuck and enslaved to his plans. Now, I'm not saying that you can't learn from your past. There's a reason that you do go through some things, and there are lessons to be learned. Okay? But continually focusing on what would have been is keeping you from focusing on what is happening now and what could be. You're allowing the enemy to rob you of your potential. And that's what he likes to do. He likes to rob. He likes to steal. He likes to be tricky and sly and (coughs) lie a lot. He is the father of lies. How would you, you know, that's that's a lovely title. (coughs) The father of lies. He deserves it. (laughs) So. So. The purpose of (coughs) focusing on your past is feeding into the enemy's purpose to keep you stuck and enslaved. Let's look at the Hebrews over and over throughout their journey in the desert. They looked to their past and lamented that they were better off being beaten, disparaged, and deceived that they couldn't do anything without the Egyptians. They sought to stay in their past identities as slaves rather than walk forward into their new identities as freemen. Because of their hardness of heart and not trusting God, many of the Hebrews miss out on entering into the promised land because they refuse to believe that they were free men. Let me say that again. Because of their hardness of heart and not trusting God, many of the Hebrews missed out on entering their promised land because they refused to believe that they were free men under God. So I encourage you, don't be like the Hebrews. Be like Paul. You know those Facebook memes that say, don't be like Jill, be like Bill. I'm just using random names. (laughs) Be like Paul. Forget what lies behind. Forget your past. And reach forward to what lies ahead. And to step into the present. And what Papa God is speaking over you and your future. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. To give us a future and a hope. That's what our God is. That's who our God is. He wants you to be hopeful. So our first key to move forward is to have hope and vision for the future. Our second key. Get over disappointment. Put your faith in God, not man. Purpose to surrender your disappointment to God and let him speak into your circumstances. How do we do that? Power of the testimony. By the way, if you have a testimony, I'm going to ask for it soon. If you don't, that's not that's no big deal. But have it in your brain. So early on this year, I don't spend a huge amount of time on Facebook. I'm there once or twice a day, just briefly. But there's this meme going around. which showed the number of our year that we're currently in, 2021, okay? And I don't understand sometimes how people's brains work. So forgive me. But the point this person or whoever had this idea was trying to make, that if you read the year 2021 out loud, and in doing so, you could interpret that as 2021. That's one with a W. I love you guys, but who thinks like that? <laughs> Possibly. Twenty twenty. So they're saying that the year twenty twenty, which we just finished up, beat us all to crap. Okay. Forgive me, I'm saying crap, but that's true. So meaning that, so you can interpret this as 2021, like beat us. So meaning that it's been nothing but doom and dread and despair and defeat. And let me just say, if you look for the negative, you'll always find it. You will. This is not an encouragement to me. (laughs) 
It's just not. So I say no. I don't receive that. 2020 did not win. It did not beat me. We are still standing here. We are still here. We are still gathering this church. We have many blessings. We have each other. We have friends. We have family. We have food. We have a roof. We have a new sanctuary. We have a great painted and new lights in the learning center. I mean, all of us have testimony of what God has done in their lives this year. So I'm telling you, look for your policy, look for the positive and remember your blessings and encourage each other through testimony. So I have a testimony for you. <coughs> and <coughs> Master Fred thought I wore three pairs of boots over here. <laughs> It's my boots testimony. And the word testimony means that God will do it again. All right? So, there's a water bottle in this pair of boots. There's a water bottle in my boot. So, at the beginning of December... I have three pairs. Well, here we go. So at the beginning of December, I had a pair of boots. My sister had given to me. I probably had them for at least 10 years. And I'm so grateful to my sister who, we are both the same size. And when she's done with stuff, she gives it all to me. But anyway, there's this kind of pair of rain boots, work boots that I really liked. And I'm walking around and it's raining. And, you know, they're supposed to repel the rain. Well, like, it's kind of time for a new pair of boots when how they're supposed to work is not how they work. (laughs) And so like my socks were more wet wearing the boots than they probably would have been without wearing the boots. So it's like, I, you know, so I, before Christmas time, I was like, I was saying, God, you know what? I wouldn't mind a new pair of boots. And then also, so that those are just like general work boots. I was like, I can, I can do that. And, uh, And then, like, we had a church service, and I wore some dress boots, and the dress boots that I had were, like, probably 10 years old, and, you know, they were, like, the fake leather kind, so the stuff was peeling off, and and I was like, you know, God, I would really like a pair of dress boots, you know, that would be super cool. So, Hannah comes home, this is all prompted by Hannah, but anyway, she comes home, and we go shopping, (laughs) Colts. Yeah. And I wear size 10. <laughs> so it's not very often that you see on the shelf boots or that I see boots on the shelf that are my size. So I've, I've been wanting a pair of like these fuzzy warm things for a while. And so this was the first pair of boots that I found at Kohl's. They were on sale for 20 bucks. But, you know, you have, like, the discount, so they ended up only being, like, 15. So I was like, hey, win for me. So then I, you know, start looking around. Aren't they cute? Yeah, Becca uh, Montgomery's got a pair just like them. Weird twinsies. Anyway, 
So I start looking around and I'm like, God, you know what? I would really love a pair of dress boots. And he's like, okay. So I'm, I start cruising around the clearance. That's usually where I go first. And I find these. <laughs> Just believe that they're there because I won't take them off. It's okay. So I find these. They're 10, a size 10. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I try them on. They look good. They're on clearance. I paid like $8 for these boots. $8. This is all the same day. So like we're at Kohl's and I get two pairs of boots and I'm like all freaked out. And I'm like, great, this is wonderful. And then later on in the afternoon, we go to Meyer. And I had gotten some lovely gifts of money from, from several people just doing different things. And I was like, and I saw these, and I'm like, your dad's going to kill me. <laughs> but I am going to buy another pair of boots. <laughs> so this is my third pair of boots. Amen? And so I share my boot testimony with you to say that I bought three pairs of boots for $70. Amen? And they were just what I wanted. They were just what I needed. And God provided. Now it might be another 10 years before I get <laughs> before I got a new set of boots. And so I picked Pastor Fred up from work that day. And so he's like, well, how was your shopping trip? And I'm like, I'm like, I bought three pairs of boots. And he goes, are you serious? And I go, yeah. He's like, well, you deserve a whole closet. Bravo! Because then I started, I started qualifying and justifying. Well, these were leaking and these were peeling, and he's like, "Honey, it's okay." <laughs> so anyway, so that's my boots testimony. Does anybody else have a testimony they'd like to share? Pastor Fred's gonna pay, uh, play the running around the room person. Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. <laughs> Boots on the ground. And shoes. Does anybody have one they would like to share? No. From 2020 to show us that 2020 didn't win. <laughs> oh, here comes Melissa. Yay. We're not a family that takes many vacations. However, in 2020, even though everything was technically shut down, we took a week-long trip to D.C., and we were able to not only have great family time, great friend time, and we were able to join with the worship of, like, what, 30,000 people to pray for our nation and its capital. It was awesome. Oh, hallelujah. That's great. That was an awesome time. I wasn't there. But your testimony is, is great. So uh, th we didn't get to go to Canada this year, and um, that really made us sad, but we took so many uh, good vacations. And we were supposed to go out east. We were supposed to go out east, but instead we did North Carolina and D.C., which was really 
even though um, people say 2020 was a really bad year, um, like Jill said, we weren't able to go to Canada, but we went to North Carolina and D.C., which we normally take to vacations, and uh, we all had a really great summer. Yeah. As much as I claim that the year 2020 was absolutely horrible, um, and, well, 2021, but anyway, there was, for the second half of the sixth grade, we were mostly homeschooled, but sometimes we just sort of upstairs in the building. And it helped a lot because I got a lot more help in a lot of different subjects, and it helped me get better grades. That in 2020 was the year when I got my first job, even though I barely ever worked there. So yeah, even though we were under lockdown, I didn't spend a lot of time at home, so hopefully 2021 will have less lockdowns and less... Oh my god, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> COVID must be Everything seems pretty bad. Well, when I pray that we didn't go to Montana every time, we just pray that our friends will be watching over us from now on. Well, it was a good year even though we didn't go see our friends. This year I went on a boat, actually me, Jack, and Ma mm. yeah, Maggie. We went on a boat with Kevin and Mary to Lake Erie, and it was really fun. It was a good year because um, I, since I didn't, since we didn't go, I didn't go to Montana. Um, I I paid off some debts, so um, helped me out tremendously. I know there's a, a lot of financial testimony going on from 20, 2020. Yeah, I want to give one of those. So um, I know. Apostle Tim shares this sentiment. This is one of my favorite times of year because we get those giving records from the past year. And it, it's not about, oh, look what I've done. It's, wow, look what God was able to pour through us. Yeah. We, we opened up all of our records, and I was, I was just looking at it. And it's been an amazing year. We've been able to give close to 20% of our gross income. And pay off debt. And buy three bears, pairs of boots. <laughs> and fly. And pay for, for airfare for Hannah to come home. And, I mean, I could go. What were you going to add? And go to California. We oh, took Hannah's right. car out Take a to trip her. to California and come back. I mean, uh, you know, and because of COVID, I know it. There were a lot of negative aspects, but I got a lot of extra time off. That is true. I mean, a lot of what I was able, my contribution in here was because of the COVID time. I mean, I only had to work two, maybe three days a week, but I was getting paid four days a week. So, you know, 
Yeah, Pastor Fred never had to go on an unemployment, which was a miracle from God. In fact, he, like, the weekend he applied to go on unemployment, the website crashed. <laughs> and then it was like, when it booted back up, it was like the Tuesday after his boss said, you know what, our company got one of those uh, forgivable loans. Everybody's back to work. Yeah. I mean, not it. even a hiccup of nothing. I mean, praise God. Praise God, amen. amen. So it's like the power of the testimony. That helps you focus. That refocuses you and gets you off your disappointment. All right? The power of rainbow words. It's listening for Papa's perspective and reminding yourself of prophetic words that God has given you. The rainbow words that, those specific words that God has spoken to you that become a life's theme for you to hold on to. That bring life and perspective to you when life situations are disappointing. Many of you know that um, I've been taking an intensive class through Igniting Hope Ministries uh, called the Transformational Mind Renewal. And in early December, I had a small group session. And in this small group session, our leader asked us to pray for God to circumcise our hearts. And at that time, excuse me, I was believing a lie that God and the enemy were equals. Uh, it sounds really absurd <laughs> as, I, as I say it, but none, nonetheless, it, it felt true. It felt true. And so I asked God to circumcise my heart. And this is what he spoke to me. So I said, what do you want to remove from my heart, Lord? And Papa replied, I want to remove from you any shadow of fear or doubt that the enemy is more powerful than me. He is my pawn, and I am your deliverer. I have always been. Do not fear anything that is going on around you. Seek my face and pray for what troubles you. I want you to know you're much stronger than you think, and when you seek me in all your circumstances, be reminded that I go ahead of you, and nothing is impossible. So inscribe this on your heart. Nothing is impossible with me. That is my rainbow word for this year, for my time, for my season. Nothing is impossible with God. And I know that he's speaking things to you guys. And that's why often you'll hear Pastor Fred or I or Matt, Jen, and whoever's preaching, Apostle Tim, say it's very, very important that you hear the voice of God. And if you're struggling to hear his voice, I ask you to consider the following things. To remove yourself from the sources of media and influence that speak contrary to the truths of God. 
That might include social media and interpersonal relationships that you need less of. <coughs> Renew your mind with the truths of God's word. Our friend Heather Kernu, Kernu likes to say something like this, to read it, to write it, to say it, to hear it, to sing it, to dance it, and I include wear it, <laughs> and then lie down. Renew your mind with God's truths, with his word. Feed your spirit with worship music, prophetic words, uplifting sermons and testimonies. <laughs> And ask others to pray for you when you're struggling. It's not a sign of weakness to ask somebody to pray for you. It's a sign of strength. As brothers and sisters in the Lord, it's our honor to pray for each other. To seek Holy Spirit's voice and, and hear for each other. That's not what we're supposed to do ex exclusively. I mean, your relationship between you and God is you and God. All right? But we weren't meant to live this Christian life alone. And often, that's the perspective that some people go for. So, get over disappointment. Our third one is to go after new experiences, to be a forerunner. A forerunner is someone who goes before others and takes new ground in areas for things that have never been done before. It's someone who takes new ground in areas for things that have never been done before. We need to be aware of what God may be asking us to do that seems impossible, but is only possible with him. This next thought was inspired by one of my Igniting Hope lessons by Steve Backlund. And God put this thought together, and it was just, it kind of shook me. <laughs> and so as a forerunner, we need to be so in tune with what God is saying in his direction that we can actually bring the timetable of future events into our present experience. It's actually pulling into the present what was meant for a future time. <coughs> when I first heard this, I kind of had to wrap my head around this. And so if you need me to explain it further later, I can do that. <laughs> but here's some biblical examples that Steve mentioned that just were really cool and it just made sense to me. So for instance... Throughout his lifetime, King David had a heart of worship for the Lord. And David stepped into New Covenant heart-led worship and ministering unto the Lord while he was still under the Old Covenant worship model of bulls and sacrifice. Okay? So this is kind of where I'm headed. <laughs> uh, in the Gospel of John, Chapter 2, Mary asked Jesus to do something at the wedding in Cana when at the celebration they ran out of wine. 
And Jesus says to his mom, my, my time hasn't come yet. So it wasn't his moment to do anything. It wasn't his time. And so as any good mom would, she kind of pushes him a little bit. <laughs> and so he, she pushes the, the situation just a little bit. And Jesus is able to step into what was reserved for the future to be in their present. Jesus was willing to, to step into what needed to happen now and then, or at that time. So to step into the opportunity of what was set before him. And then in Mark seven twenty six, it tells the story of a Syrophoenician woman who came before Jesus requesting healing for her demon-possessed daughter. And now this woman was a Gentile. She wasn't a Jew. And so Jesus says to her, I didn't come for you. I didn't come to heal you. I didn't come. I came for my people. And she says to him, well, she moves his heart by saying that even, even the dogs get the crumbs of the children's bread. So she, um, Jesus was saying that he came to give the children's bread to, or the healing to the Jews. And this Syrophoenician woman responded to him that even dogs, even those who are less worthy, if you imagine somebody being fed at a table and the crumbs of the bread fall off, even the dogs get something. And so she was able to step into something by declaring her faith in what Jesus could do and moved his heart. And the door was opened for miracles to be performed amongst the Gentiles. That's the idea of what I'm saying in terms of pulling future stuff into the present time. And we got to be really in tune with God for that to happen. And so I'm not saying doing something out of your flesh. It's got to be spirit-led. But there's just an idea for, for you to think that there's more happening than what's set before you right now. Okay. So I believe that God has forerunner encounters available for us. And the question is, are you seeking him and asking him what you're to do? So, go after new things, new experiences. Fourth thing is, don't stop starting. Celebrate your progress and not your perfection. No matter what the size of the task, keep trying. Value what is important and make time for it, including yourself. This idea of valuing things, God had to rework in my head. I've told you guys several times that um, my my nemesis... (laughs) has been our checkbook. I've not done a good job at putting entries in and 
making sure it's up to date and balanced and all that stuff. I'm too dependent upon my bank <laughs> and my husband. But God had to reveal to me that I really hadn't placed a lot of value on our finances and how to tend them. And so I had to repent for that. What you value, you will make time for. What you value, you will make time for. Okay? So I encourage you to let the Holy Spirit help you recognize what you've vowed to do in the flesh that you need the grace of God in the Spirit to do. Repent for these vows and allow the Spirit of God to give you strategy and wisdom to move in the direction you want to go. It's my heart to want to balance the checkbook, to make sure those entries are in there, to not think, oh, well, I did it this week and Pastor Fred hasn't done it for three days. No. (laughs) It's about moving forward and continuing to move forward and not getting prideful about it, but to know that it can be done. It can be done. <laughs> so, and even, you know, that might be a big thing. It might be a little little thing, you know, that you need to move on. Like stuff, stuff that annoys you and frustrates you. Deal with it head on and move. Like, like a backed up sink, pull out the snake and actually do something with it. A frosted over freezer. These are things that I've done. A frosted over freezer that was frosted over for probably 10 years that I finally took care of this week. It had old pizza kit stuff in there, Pastor Jeannie. <laughs> we were like our, our, we used to do Little Caesars pizza kits. We used to sell them for school. And we used to do that before we did the Choco Lovers Fest. And we're on our 10th year now for the Taco Lovers Fest. I can't tell you how annoying it was starting to get when, like, the bottom shelf was over-freezing to the top shelf. You couldn't fit anything in there. So, like, what I thought was going to be a 15-minute job ended up being three hours of 15-minute job. So, But it had to be done, you know? Get it over with. Um, unsubscribing from email lists that you de- delete daily. This is just something that God put in front of me. I was like, I delete you daily. I don't need you. Go away, Dave, Dave Ramsey. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, write this stuff. I mean, you know, I <laughs> have a reasonable time frame for things. I mean, some things can be done rather quickly. Other things you might have to plan about. But move forward. You can do it. Those around you, those that you live with, they believe in you. They want things to go well for you. Your neighbors, you know, us, we're here to help you. You know, we've trimmed trees. We've cleaned yards. Um, The men have gotten together and done projects at people's houses in years past. Um, We need each other. And it's good to be an encouragement and to help each other. And celebrate your victories and share them with each other. Um, We had a backed up bathroom sink and over the Christmas holiday, before the girls came home, I was like, I don't care. This is driving me crazy. I'm going to pull out the snake thing and do something with it. 
So I did it. I've never snaked before. I am a plumber's daughter, and I've never snaked before. And, and Fred was out of town, and I was, I almost called Apostle Tim, and I was like, I can do this. I don't need to call him, you know. And I was like, I'll just follow the directions, and I was able to do it. And it took a good half hour or so. And I'm like, I hope this is working. I hope this, <laughs> this is working, and it's doing everything. And so after I, I got done with it, I was like, victory! <laughs> I was like, victory! So, I mean, there's victory. to be celebrated in the small things I did. Yeah, anyway, don't stop starting. And our last one, and forgive me for going that long, but oh well. Love those around you. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So be intentional to love those around you and to pray about relationships that have troubled you. And what God wants you to do about them. Whether that means forgiving someone, initiating communication, uh, purposing to find things that you have in common, showing interest in what's important to someone, being an encouragement to them when they're down on themselves. We need to believe that he can work through you in powerful ways to impact those around you, and we need to believe the best about each other. And in all things, glorify God. In all things, glorify God. So in moving forward, we're going to have hope and vision for the future. We're going to get over our disappointments. We're going to go after new experiences. We're not going to stop starting And we're going to love those around us. And as we close, we're going to to take a minute, have a worship song to play for you. And as we listen to this song, we're going to practice one of our keys in dealing with disappointment. And the song has been speaking to my heart all week long, and it's about seeing a victory. No matter what you want, Jesus is the victory. He is the one who who wins. And he is the one that needs to lead us. Amen. Cause the God served us all we have to try on. 
Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 